welcome to episode two of our new Point Me to Jesus channel. I am incredibly honored to have my dad, Lieutenant Cleve McCleary, with us on this very special Memorial Day. Welcome, Dad. I wish we could be together. My intent was to be sitting on a couch right beside you asking you a few questions, but because of this coronavirus pandemic, you are in your office in South Carolina, and I am in my office in Williamsburg, but um, on June 4th, prayerfully, our family will be down with you. Um, I'm just so grateful for your time, and, and thank you for your example and the legacy that you um, and mom both uh, have woven for, for our family. Um, Dad, one thing that I, I want to ask each one of my guests on um, these interviews is, who is your hero of the faith, somebody in the Bible that you really admire and look up to? My life first comes from the book of John. In John 9, 4, Jesus speaking, says, I must work the works of him that sent me while it is still day. The night cometh when no man can work. So I guess John's one of my heroes, if not the best one, and I appreciate, I appreciate his writings. Oh, well, thank you so much. And he also considered him himself the beloved disciple, and, uh, and he, he appreciated that unconditional love of Christ Jesus. And you and Mom have definitely um, lived that unconditional love. I don't, I don't know that you've ever met anyone that um, in, their, in, in your wake they have not felt the love of Christ so profoundly. You, you and mom love others well, and Krista and I are definitely a product of that love. So, so thank you. Dad, can you explain to our listeners um, what the significance of Memorial Day is? I know a lot of people um, mistaken Veterans Day um, and Memorial Day, and, and you've always taught us that they are very different days on our American calendar. What, what is the significance and what are the differences between the two? Well, Veterans Day was a celebration of victory. We'd won the war and it was over and that's what we celebrate there. But Memorial Day is when we celebrate the supreme sacrifice that so many of our veterans, men and women, have paid and shared their, their blood and their lives for the freedom that we enjoy and appreciate so much in America today and can have a free enterprise system and worship as we please. And, and, and that's because of the price that these men and women have paid. I know in your office, there hangs a picture of this gentleman, um, Ralph, Ralph Johnson. Um, can you take us back to your last patrol on um, that, that hill 146 behind enemy lines in Vietnam and, and talk a little bit about those that you knew personally that are not here today that we can honor, but we honor their memory. I know Ralph's picture hangs in your office and you've spoken all over the world and, and have always been great to, to hold up a picture recognizing the sacrifice that, that, Ralph, that Ralph made on that hill. You also were very influential in having the VA hospital in Charleston named for Ralph Johnson. Uh, I can remember in the 70s, as just a little girl, you writing letters and petitioning and lobbying congressmen and senators to have that VA hospital in Charleston. I actually have some of those copies of those letters of your tireless efforts to get his memory cemented on that, um, that hospital in Charleston. And then recently, I think it was two years ago, we were all together um, for the the launch of the USS um, Ralph H. Johnson destroyer that, again, you were tireless in your efforts to 
remember him. And uh, thank you too for, for taking Krista and me every year to Washington DC to that Vietnam Memorial that we could actually etch Tom Jennings and, and Ralph's names. But can you take us back to, um, to that particular battle and you were the Lieutenant and, and leading these men out and um, what the Lord's done, done through you since then. March 1968, we went in an area that very few men had been with a recon team. And instead of going with normal five or six men, we went in with 13 men, landed on a small tea plantation in the middle of a large valley. As we landed, we found pudgy pits, booby traps, mines, but we were very fortunate. Nobody was killed sitting down on a hill. I cleared a pudgy pit, got involved with that, had my radio man, McCormick, dig a foxhole to my left, trimming in a foxhole to my right about Fifty yards behind me, a bomb had exploded and left a big crater in the ground. And I put eight men around the edge of that bomb crater, thinking it'd have a good bit of protection. About 12 o'clock at night, I thought I heard some enemy movement at the bottom of the hill. I grabbed my shotgun, crawled out of the punji pit, started making my way to the right to see if these men had hurt anything. Before I got to them, a grenade came in and exploded and hit me in the neck and the shoulder. And like any other brave lieutenant, I jumped back in the hole and crawled out up. Started calling for artillery and air support our position. Why was on radio by 10 or 12 enemy, what we call a SAPA unit norm, better known to you all probably as a suicide squad. So like his terrorist group they have today. These men had grenades tied around their waist, grenades in his hand, pins pulled, just running up a hill, exploding, killing themselves, trying to kill us. As you can imagine, we shoot shooting as fast as we could. As one got right in front of me, I shot him. His moment of bumming a hole with me as he fell in, he had something in his hands about the size of a lady's pocketbook. It's a satchel charge. It's full of explosions. He came in with this. It exploded, blew the toe of us out of the punji pit. I go through there. I reached back for my shotgun, realized a blast of blowing my left arm off just above my elbow. Looked to my left, my radio man, my corpsman, were dead or unconscious. At the time, I wasn't sure which. Heard my screaming in the right crowd. What happened? A grenade came near foxhole. Young Marine Ralph Johnson, Burke High School, Charleston, South Carolina. Ralph jumped on a grenade, smothered with his stomach, blew himself in half, and saved my life and life of two Marines with him. His family later received the Congressional Medal of Honor, the nation's highest award. Uh, a few years ago, we named a VA hospital in Charleston after him, uh, later a street in Charleston after him, and two years ago, about 6,500 people came. Congressman Tom Rice helped a great deal getting this done, and we named a $4 billion ship that's destroyed, this deployed in um, Seattle, Washington now after him, and I appreciate that. But that night, I tried to get over to him as I crawled that way. Another grenade came in. This is dead. I threw my hands up. This arm was off, right hand covered right eye, and they exploded. Blew my left eye out, nose off, teeth on the left side out, both eardrums out. Lost most of the use of my right hand. Things are looking pretty tough, and I figured my only chance to get the crater behind me with eight men fighting. Tried running for a bomb crater before I got there, and they hit me in the legs. I lay there, it seemed like hours. I don't know how long it passed, but believe me, y'all, I don't want to live so bad all my life. If I could just see my men get off that hill alive, if I could see my bride one more time. Heard some movement behind me, I said, it's over now. As I got close, I heard something go, Lieutenant, Lieutenant. Recognize a voice, 18-year-old Marine I had from Alaska. He's Indian, Rod Hunter. Rod knelt on my feet, we just picking in me off to come up a hill. Bob Lucas from Fort Worth, Texas, came and knelt by me. Bob radio for help. 
called for choppers. The pilot said he couldn't get there till daylight. Bob said, tell him, forget it. We've been throwing rocks down the side of the hill, out of grenades. Won't anybody be here at daylight. Pilots reconsidered. 3 a.m., the first bird landed. They put my two dead, five wounded on that chopper as it lifted. The next one landed. The rest of my men grabbed hold. As that bird lifted, about 150 enemy just covered the hill. Five more minutes, nobody would get no fit hill alive. Flew to Marble Mountain, had surgery there, from there to Japan, from there to Bethesda, Maryland. Started walking a little bit. They said, son, your best bet's to go home on leave. Came to my wife's hometown, Florence, South Carolina, and picked up a newspaper one day and said the Fellowship of Christian Athletes were having a rally out at the local high school. And that didn't impress me too much, but I read lower there in the paper, said Bobby Richardson, former second baseman from New York Yankees, was going to be there. If Vonda K. Van Dyke, former Miss America from Arizona, mm-hmm. I turned to Deanna, I said, I sure like to go see Bobby Richardson. <laughs> yeah. we that, and Bobby and Vonda K. shared, as I have today, Billy Zioli from Muskegon, Michigan, President Ford's personal chaplain, brought a message at night that God used to change our lives. Y'all in Billy's message, he said, there are two kind of fools in this world, a fool for Christ and a fool for others. Wow. He looked out at that stadium and said, whose fool are you? Whose fool are you? I knew that night whose fool I'd been all my life. I never drank, I never smoked, just become a good athlete, just impressed people. I'd gone to Sunday school and church ever since nine months before I was born. <laughs> That's what mom and dad wanted me to do. Dan and I, we had Bible study, prayer, family devotion ever since we first got married. I impressed her. She impressed me. Let me tell you, God wasn't impressed. We had a lot of church, a lot of religion in our head. What we needed was a Savior and a heart. Amen. And that night we knelt and prayed, confessed our sins in a very personal way, invited the Lord Jesus to come dwell in our hearts. And we found where the real joy, the real life, the real peace, so many are searching for to come through that personal relationship with the living Savior. You may think that my men suffered that night on that hill, that I suffered, that my wonderful wife has suffered. 46 operations we've been through and uh, two and a half years in the hospital. You suffer, don't you? Broken home situation, drinking problems, drug problems, injuries, sickness, illness, disease, death in the family. But then and I found that our Bible has become our most prized possession. Romans chapter 5, verses 3 through 5 says, we rejoice in our suffering. Because suffering produces endurance. Endurance produces character. Character produces hope. Hope doesn't disappoint us. Because God's love been poured into our hearts is a free gift from the Holy Spirit. Can't buy it, can't earn it, it's free. Just by believing and personally receiving the Lord Jesus is your Lord and Savior. Amen, Dad. Amen. I just, uh, I'm so grateful for you. And, and I love uh, the way that you practically um, apply God's word in your life. I know you're an avid reader. Um, you start out with God's word. I actually have um, a copy of, of your book, Living Proof, that, um, that you can get through Dad's ministry and also my mom's book, Commitment to Love. And then one of my favorite resources from your ministry, Dad, is um, Semper Fidelis. Can you 
Can you tell our viewers um, just the significance of going through Psalms and Proverbs in a month? Uh, I know Lee and I do that with our family, but I love this resource that you've broken um, the Psalms, the book of Psalms and the book of Proverbs up into to reading selections that we'll, we can go through um, every day of the month. Yeah, Henry Holly, who picked me up at the airport. Uh, I was still in the hospital at 69. They, they was pregnant with you, matter of fact, and couldn't go. My dad went with me. We went out to Anaheim, and I spoke at Billy Graham Crusade. Henry Holly, who went home with the Lord two weeks ago, uh, was married about 68 years in September, and uh, one of the greatest Marines, if not the greatest I've ever known. He was started in his career at Paris Island as a sergeant major, then he worked about 55 years and set up all of Billy Graham's overseas crusades. And at that crusade, he gave me, at that time, they called it Words of Wisdom. I've changed it, and I started getting it reprinted as Simple Fidelis, yeah. always faithful. But all it is is Psalms and Proverbs. Psalms is man's relationship to God, not a bad relationship to have. Proverbs is man's relationship to man. I treat your husband, your wife, your children, your employees. And every 31 days, We've got through 100, 150 Psalms and 31 Proverbs day after day, week after week, month after month. And I've got uh, Dabo does it with his football teams at Clemson. Jerry Moore did it at Appalachian State. We've got schools all over the country using it. And man, if we got back to Psalms and Proverbs and nothing else in our schools today, we could turn this country around. Dad, one of my favorite um, acronyms that you have uh, is, is FIDO. Uh, can you can you tell about, I know uh, Lee actually was the one that had, when his dad was head coach of the Broncos, Lee had t-shirts made up for the players that had Fido on the back with, you know, attributing to, to you and, and coming up with that particular acronym. Can you tell our viewers uh, about that? Yeah, a lot of college and pro teams have used it as they heard us speak and so forth, but uh, Fido is just... Uh, forget it and drive on. Yeah. I never said forget people. You're worth living for. You're worth dying for. Forget your problem. We all got problems. But the Lord Jesus Christ hung up all the hang-ups. So just trust him. Forget it, learn from it, and drive on. And that, that. that's a lot of people. One of my um, my favorite stories, you know, sadly, with this, um, this pandemic and, and the isolation and the quarantine and um, so many have become so self-absorbed. And one of the reasons that Lee and I have prayed about creating this online platform to point people to Jesus, because he is the only hope that we have. Dad, I love um, your closing uh, when you speak, especially when you share your testimony in churches, that um, probably one of the, the best uh, invitational illustrations I've ever heard. And I know you're a lover of sports. I don't think I've ever known anybody to love sports to the extent that you have all sports. I mean, many people don't realize that you had the state record in the mile run, I think two years in a row in South Carolina and, and probably would have gone to the Olympics, but, um, but for your patriotism and your desire to, um, to sign up to go to Vietnam to fight for your country, um, you yourself are an amazing athlete, but I love the illustration that you use, um, allowing us to look at our lives like a baseball 
game or a baseball diamond? Can you? We get the virus. One thing is cut out is baseball, and I feel so sorry for us all the little league, high school, and college. And right now, coming up in June, the first couple of weeks will be the College World Series, and I shared it there a few years ago with the teams there, and it was such an honor there in Omaha. But um. Uh, uh, talking about the baseball game, let's look at your life like a baseball diamond. Mm. First base is salvation. Second base is church membership. Third base is, is service. And whole plate is heaven. In 1924, the World Series was playing, and Washington New York played the World Series. True story. Washington won three games. New York won three games. Seventh game, the ninth inning, two out in the ninth, score was tied. You can imagine tension, excitement. Last game, last out, World Series. New York pitcher wound up. He delivered. Goose Goslin won the league. He's a Washington. They star for Detroit. Was at bat. The pitch came in. Goslin swung. He connected. Ball went out left center field. Looked like his fourth home run, but instead of clearing the fence, Goslin drive hit the side of the wall and bounced back in the playing field. Goose Goslin ran it first, headed for second, ran it second, headed for third. By this time, left field to play the balls. Ricky off the wall. He feel it, he turned, he threw for home with everything he had. Gosling was cutting that third baseline, throw was coming in from left field. Everyone from Washington was standing, everyone in New York was standing. They knew it was going to be close at home. But as the throw came in, Peg was high. Catching New York in the stretch way up as he reached to get it. Gosling slid in. Everybody said throw was high, tag was late. Gosling was safe at home. Crowd went wild. Holling, yelling, running the field, ripping up the bases. But as they got in their whole plate, is that dust settler at home, that fellow dressed in blue, that old power was standing behind the plate with his fists up near screaming, you're out. You're out. Kill that umpire. That blind dump ump. Everybody could see. Throw's been high. Tag was late. How in the world could he call him out at home plate? Umpire grabbed a megaphone. He turned, he fished the crowd, came down celebrating. All of a sudden, wanted to kill him. He says, I've called the base runner out because he never touched first base. He failed to tag first base. As you look at that baseball diamond of your life, think about it. Have you stepped on first base? One day we'll all around third base alive. If you go sliding home, the umpire's going to look at you and say, Safe, well done, my good and faithful servant. Enter into thy reward. One day you go slide at home, just so your life's going to settle. The umpire's going to be standing over you with his fist up near screaming, You're out. You're out. You're going to brace yourself off and jump up and say, Why me, Lord? Man, how could I be out? I went to church. I did this. I did it. I'm better than that guy. He's going to look at you and reply with the saddest words in the Bible and say, depart from me because I never knew you. I didn't know you. He didn't say he didn't love you or that he didn't care or that he didn't die for you. He simply said, depart from me because I didn't know you. Oh, you grew up in America, see, faith of our fathers and God bless America. God doesn't have a family plan. Our parents, our grandparents can be tremendous Christians. There's never been, there never will be a grandchild of God. You're a child of God or you're lost. You overran. You failed to tag. 
you never personally touch at first base. That's what Point Me to Jesus is all about. Be sure you tag that first base of salvation. Absolutely. I know. And I tell you, just like you and I watched that Tony Evans sermon um, right at the start of our quarantine, the divine disruption that, you know, the Lord is is using this um, as a rallying cry to get us to understand that everybody has an eternal life. You know, the the question is where you're going to spend it. Um, well, 22 March, Tony Evans' Divine Destruction. If y'all hadn't seen it, go on YouTube or uh, uh, what is it, a thing you look it up on? You can, on yes, sir. Google, yeah. And it's yeah. awesome. It is awesome. About less than 25 minutes long, it pretty well describes what we're going through right now. You know, Dad, um, a lot of people have nicknamed me the Pirate's Daughter um, yeah. because from, I don't know, I mean, from his far back as I can remember, um, you know, when we walk into, whether it be a church gathering or a reception hall or a restaurant, um, a lot of little kids have always come up and, and asked me, um, is my dad a pirate? And, right. you know, two years ago, uh, I wrote a book under that title, Is Your Dad a Pirate? Because that's the question I've, I've gotten my whole life. And I'm proud of that. I'm proud to be the pirate's daughter. I've never considered you, of course, a pirate, but just because of your patch and your your missing arm, um, kids sometimes assume that. But your incredible love for people. I mean, I know when you come visit us, you know, I still have people at the local coffee shops asking, "Where's Where's your dad?" You know, you just you come in, but you're never superficial about it. You know, you really get to know you and mom both get to know the heart of people. It's always been one heart at a time. You've never been one to make a name for yourself. And mom too, I hope to interview her in the next few weeks because um, y'all have been, I mean, the Lord knit your hearts together and and y'all are a beautiful team um, just radiating his love and shining the spotlight back on him. And I am proud to be a product of that. So, so thank you so much for caring and loving so deeply. It's been such a blessing and your mother, boy. Yeah. Everybody makes over me, but she's a real hero. You know, that you wrote about that yourself and yeah. it's amazing. I wouldn't be here without her. I'll tell you that she, she gave me a reason I want to live that I really need it. Well, a lot of, you know, that's, that is one of the reasons for y'all's 50th wedding anniversary two years ago that, um, you know, is your dad a pirate? Uh, the title is very much about you, but the inside the book, just, uh, she did a great job. I remember when y'all were in restaurants and little kids would come up and, and want to ask questions, which I think is wonderful. And y'all always encourage that. I think, I think that's why, what bothered you so much when the parents would drag their little ones away, you would have welcomed their questions. And, um, and mom did too. And, you know, when the little girl said, how did, how did he lose his, his arm and eye? And, and mom has always said, he didn't lose his arm and eye. He gave them in service to our country. And I think that's what this day, the significance so much of Memorial Day is that, that these guys, you know, they didn't lose any, they didn't lose their lives. They gave their lives in yeah. service to our country. And, uh, and we cannot take that for granted. And um, nor should we, as believers in Jesus Christ, take the gospel for granted every single day, recognizing that Jesus willingly gave his life for us, um, that we could be free from the bondage of sin and, and from
from that eternal destruction that we deserve, but he loved us so much that he stood in our place and then rose again three days later that we could have that resurrection power through his Holy Spirit on a daily basis. So I'm just grateful that the Lord spared you on that hill, um, 146, and that you have um, dedicated your life to to serving him. And, and like you said, you've, you've never lived until you've nearly died. I, I have never seen you take one day for granted. Thank you, baby. Look forward to being with you in about a week. Cannot wait. Love you. Love you. God bless you. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks, Dad.